It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. Hey Corey, you that guy over there? Him? Yeah, him. He the vampire? Oh, Dan, he's the DJ. I'm the vampire. Oh, <laughs> damn. Damn, I just burned you. And uh, plenty of uh, more burning and zings going on in this week's movie, Rockula. And uh, this is the B-Movie Breakdown. I'm Corey. I'm DRC. And uh, we're a weekly podcast. We're on the human, humor and enjoyment and lo- low budget and lesser known films of the past and present. Home the good, the bad, and the what the fuck. And truly <laughs> this week. this week. This week. I thought Mac and me, okay, like, we watch FDR, and I, I like that movie. I like it for what it is. It's purposely like how it is, and I, you know, Mac and me, obviously not. Very what the fuck. This movie, I don't think I've wrote down what the fuck more times on a piece of paper, like, on my notes, than I did this week. It's just, it's just absolutely insane. I mean, I, I, I want to get right into it, but... Uh, the movie, if you want to watch it, is in parts on YouTube. Uh, we were supposed to watch The Granny this week. It got taken down off YouTube. Yeah, I, I apologize for that. Like, anytime we do something on YouTube, this was a, a fear in the back of my mind. Like, oh, it always is. They're yeah. going to be dicks and take it down before we can get to it, before other people can see it. And I don't know when exactly it went down. I went to watch it late last night, only to find out that it was gone. Same here, same and, here. And uh, so I don't know when it went, but... Now, sometime between uh, last Wednesday and today. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it really pisses me off because it is still not available in any kind of legitimate form except old VHS copies that you'll have to pay quite a bit for. And it, seemed like- and it really pisses me off because, like, if you're going to... Okay, you... I'm a content owner. I want to make money off it, and I want to fuck people over that are depriving me of money. Okay, but if you're not doing anything to get your movie out there to legitimately make money off it, and you're trying to fuck people over that want to see your thing, fuck you. Go to fucking hell. Fuck you in the head with a fucking hammer. And I feel the same way about this movie, Rockula. It's it's even harder to find on VHS and stuff than... This had been up for streaming on Netflix because... A couple months ago, you gave me a choice of four movies of what we were going to do. I looked up the trailers. I liked them all. Initially, this was up for streaming on Netflix. Now it's not, and it is a damn shame. This also never got a DVD release. The only way you could get it right now currently is to pay a fortune for an old VHS copy or get a bootleg, I guess, but I don't really I can see it popping back up on Netflix. But they had it up for rental on Amazon, too, and now that's gone, so I don't know what the hell the deal is, but this needs to get back out there, because it is wonderfully enjoyable. Oh, yeah. I I don't know, maybe if it was our fault for the granny getting taken down, like, we gave it, like, the one viewing that it has had in uh, over long, and... No, it had had probably a few thousand yeah but i mean recently though i mean in the most recent week and stuff i don't know but uh you know it got taken down i certainly hope not because i'd hate for baywatch nights to disappear oh yeah i I don't think that's going anywhere so um but uh if you want to listen to the podcast you know if you're listening right now but you can subscribe on itunes so that helps us out a ton uh websites bnbpodcast.com or you can listen to us on stitcher you can give us 
suggestions at our website uh, or at email bnbpodcast at gmail.com on twitter at bnbpodcast or on our facebook page facebook.com slash bnbpodcast you know if anybody was lucky enough to see the granny before they took it yeah down, let us know seriously we we would still like to do this eventually i'm considering just getting a, a vhs copy off of amazon or ebay so that we can watch it i know it won't necessarily be as accessible for people but from what i've read this sounds like it could be a new favorite and i really really want to get to it eventually so we'll let you know that the granny will still be forthcoming at some point <laughs> but i am glad that we watched rockula it's in nine parts on youtube uh, i end up watch just watching on my computer a lot of times on youtube if it's in full I'll just watch it on the playstation or something but i felt like it was going to be too much of a hassle to try to Mess with all that bullshit and do that. It is kind of annoying. Um, the only, I mean, you gotta wait for the different parts to load and switch parts and all that. It, it's good as long as you don't mind waiting for that. Except the way they broke it down because they just sort of went through the movie and every ten minutes, you know, break and put another part. It it fits well with the breaks, except for one part where it breaks in the middle of ralph's mom's song which mm-hmm. i really wanted to hear in full instead of having to switch between two parts and actually that part when i got to part seven of the movie it like it would go 50 seconds and then freeze and then go back to the beginning and then not do anything and i couldn't get it to play hmm. or anything so it i didn't have this to me ever. i ended up having to skip like because there was like an advertisement a mm-hmm. little like one of those little yellow spots on the thing mm-hmm. that you tell you and like every time it about got to that like something messed it up or something Oh. And I did not have that problem. So I had to skip up to like a minute, twelve seconds. I didn't. I missed like a couple lyrics of the song. Like that's about it. Probably it was more the chorus. I think so. I really didn't. It was about. The oh, same but the stuff. chorus was so. Good. Oh yeah. <laughs> but so I didn't miss a whole lot by skipping. You know, I fifty seconds. You know, I missed like maybe twenty seconds of the movie. So I'm not too devastated by having to do that. But this movie was absolutely insane. I do have one complaint. One major complaint is that Mona, the main female character in this movie, she was in a band. A band. Quotation marks around <laughs> band. Because she was more of a pop star. That's not my complaint. Because when I thought she was in a band, she had a guitar. And what she had was a Casio DG20. Casio DG20s are fucking amazing. I was hoping I'd, we'd get to see her play it, but there was ne- it never came into form again. Casio uh. DG20 is like... You can do like samples and stuff on it and <laughs> play it as a guitar. So you can like scream or something and record that and be like, ah! <laughs> and you, it's, it was just like, it was a guitar that didn't last very long. It was like a thing, like Aww. for a little bit of time in the late 80s, early 90s. And right away when she had it, I was like, holy shit, that's Casio DG20. And she had it in her hands and I was like, she's going to play this later on. It's going to be some crazy synth guitar playing or something like that. And it never came into form. Actually, more recently, uh, the Flight of the Concords used that in one of their songs, and it's on an episode of their show. A song called uh, Boom. And at one point, he's like, bust out the Casio DG20, and they start like <laughs> playing it. But like, they can do it as like bongos. and like all. It was like a Casio keyboard, how it had options for all kinds of different sounds, but you, it was a guitar. <laughs> so, And I was really hoping we'd get to see her play that at one point, just to have more love for the Casio DG20. Because like, any keyboard and anything in this movie was Casio. It always said Casio real big on everything. So, oh, I missed the product placement. It wasn't much. It was just, I mean, they were just playing keyboards. And at the time, Casio was a big time, you know, in the keyboard maker and big in with 80s synth and stuff like that. So I was just like, damn it. I wanted more Casio DG20. But uh, Stanley came in and ruined that uh, whole thing for us. 
But this movie was just absolutely insane. <laughs> and the part that really put me over the edge was... Okay, well, the whole gist of the movie, Rockula is about a male vampire who lost his lady centuries ago. So he's been alive for like 400 some odd years, and he keeps screwing this thing up because she was killed by a pirate with a rhinestone peg leg, wielding he beats a, her to hand death with a hand bone. But yeah, so he, anybody, every time he gets the chance to save her, he does nothing about it. He, it's like, so it's been happening every 22 years it happens. She gets reincarnated every 22 years. Like instantly, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She gets reincarnated every 22 years, born again. It looks the same, everything else, and so now he ha- he feels like it's his last chance to try to do it. I don't know why he feels like it's his last yeah, chance. Yeah, because they keep saying it's just going to happen again in 22 years. And why is it happening again? Like, is this really destiny? So, but in the process of all this, he ends up becoming a rock star at the same time. <laughs> it's very weird how somebody can come up with an idea for a band... In one day, yeah, instantly just write a songs. write, write a, a, a catchy song, get a gig, and a, the gig is not even for a full concert, not even yeah, for like one thirty song. minutes one worth song, of music. Guys. One song, so that's like the whole thing of this movie. And then there's a the main woman. Her name is Mona, and there's a her bo- ex boyfriend slash manager person guy. He wants to be with her, and he's trying to get her back as well at the same time. His name is Stanley. Stanley, and who was played... He's British, and he's wonderfully weird. And he was played by some... His last name is Dolby. Uh, see, Thomas Dolby, who... He's a musician, real-life musician, did a lot of music for this movie and a lot of music for other things. But he also is most famous for the song She Blinded Me With Science. It's a pretty popular song in the 80s. So, I mean, he's kind of odd. Also, another odd person that I noticed pop up in here, Tony Cox. Um, he's a black little person. Oh, and he right, was in the from Bad Santa. Yeah, Bad Santa, okay. Me, Myself, and Irene. He's been in a ton of movies, especially comedy. The dude's hilarious. Uh, I didn't know how long he had been doing movies for and stuff, but, I mean, that's an earlier role for him I know I found he's, out online. Oh, his, his appearance is more of a cameo. Yeah, it's really small, but I was like, holy shit, that's Tony Cox. <laughs> it's really small, just like him. Oh, <laughs> So, okay, but the part that is insane, okay, we got that it's music and... Oh, wait, we left out the fact that he still lives with his vampire oh, yes. mother. Who is very and overbearing uh, and doesn't want him overbearing to... Overbearing and, and pretty slutty, too, apparently. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm going, I've got sex a, with midgets, I've got sex a date with, with, with some wonderful gentleman. Oh, who is he? I don't know, I haven't met him yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> sex with midgets, wrestlers, uh, what have you. The part that truly drove me over the edge with this, Mona and Ralph, the vampire, I forgot to mention his name, which is, what a name for a vampire, Ralph, (laughs) he, uh, who's been alive for 400 years and he's still a virgin, he goes on a date finally with Mona, and they go back to her place outside of it, kisses him, and she's talked, doing this little self-monologue thing, and then she turns back, he's gone, and they show him walking through the street, and he's singing. Oh. As he's walking through the I street. I think this is their second date, but yeah. Yeah, okay. So, like, he's singing as he's walking through the street. So, at the, from this point, there's only been music, there's been, like, the dream sequence with the music video thing. And, and actual songs and actual perform songs on stage. on stage. So th- I didn't know this was going to be a musical like this, which well, I'm not kind offended. of was and kind of wasn't because like even 
they fake you out because once it's over, you find out that this is also just a music video. And that's even more insane. <laughs> so he's walking down the street singing. But yeah, I was like, okay, suddenly it's a musical yeah, now. Suddenly it's a musical. He's singing, and then she's singing. It's this duet song. And what was the name of the song? Surrender Your Heart. That was yeah. the name of the song. And it's wonderful because early in the movie, he first runs into Mona, who he's trying to avoid so that he won't have any heartbreak this time, and she hits him with her car, and then she gets mad at him, like, instead of being freaked out, oh my god, are you okay, did I kill somebody? What were you doing running out in front of my car? Oh my god, blah blah blah. But then he gets hit by a car in this. In the video, yeah, he gets hit by a car, and then he's like, singing singing into the windshield while he's stuck on the hood. And then she's singing, (laughs) and she's, while he's singing his part, she's running around looking for him, but then he just ends up down a dark alley. I don't know how it was yeah. how she managed to lose him. And then she stops looking for him to start singing again. Yeah, and and she starts she sits down by this burning barrel with these hobo kids. And, and he just, gets beat up by homeless people. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so unbelievably lost at this point because I don't I didn't understand why why did he ditch her? Like why did he even leave? But I guess if it was all part of the music video, was the whole date the music video? Was that what we wa- they were watching the whole date part too? That was just a joke <laughs> like on thriller. Us? It's all yeah. the, the big storyline yeah. before the video. Go. There you go. <laughs> That's exactly what the the date must have been because I just don't get because because it just and then the homeless kids bring them together at the end of the thing. Yeah. And I was just like, holy fuck! The whole time I'm just like, holy fuck! I just I'm laughing so hard because I just don't get I just. They're singing, and it's like something out of a Disney movie. It really is like Aladdin, (laughs) like, he's like, you know, Aladdin's like poor, and all of a sudden he's like, street rat, riff raff. It's like, it's just like that. It's just like, it's literally straight out of something out of a Disney movie, but an 80s song instead of, you know, musical-ish type of music. And then they pan out from a TV, and that was the music video. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what? And they're all gathered to watch this as their video premiere. Yeah. And, but like, how did they film it? (laughs) <laughs> How was that filmed? Because because if that was the date, you're you were led to believe that's the date, but then it's the the video. So did they not ever go on that date? So did things that happened before they got to the doorstep was that real? Did that happen, or was that part of the music video? <laughs> I don't think we're supposed to think about this movie that hard. <laughs> no, you're not. But it drove me insane. <laughs> I was literally just like, I just didn't. I was just like, I what? This is a music video. Like, if this is some straight-up Inception shit right here, I just, like, I was just like, what the fuck? I just absolutely just completely baffled. Uh, the other part that completely, um, insanely baffled me, I, I won't get to till later on, because the, the ending of this movie, I well, really don't understand. Let's see, just some of the weird corny shit to start off, when you first see Ralph... He's wearing a Transylvania U shirt. Oh, yeah, Transylvania University. And his mom is about to go out, and she's asking him if she looks okay. He's like, Mom, how do you how do you know how to do your makeup when you can't see yourself in the mirror? Lots of practice. Okay. <laughs> and I, I also like... But then, if she doesn't have a reflection, why does he not only have a reflection, but, like, another personality that's in the mirror that he talks yeah, to? Yeah, his reflection... There is no explanation given for this oh, the entire movie. Yeah. He has, like, this this dark side of him who's more like a, a player, pimp, whatever, and, like, berates him for being such a loser. And he, like, keeps coming back to this mirror self to have these conversations with him. And apparently his mirror self is, like, getting laid like crazy back there. Yeah, He's, like, yeah. banging a chick. He's just, oh, great, you're here. 
here and I have to talk to you again. Yeah, I... Oh, God. And that has more to do with... Also a lot to do with the end, too, the mirror person. But the mirror thing... Okay, so instantly when you see him sit down at the at the keyboard or whatever, it's just like, okay, he can see himself in the mirror. mirror. That's kind of weird, because vampires typically don't can't see themselves in the mirror. And his mom can't. And... Okay, either it's a split personality... Or that's a parallel universe. Yeah, something inside like, like inside the mirrors is a parallel universe because it kind of feels that way later on, especially when he has women in there. See, I wonder if he <laughs> he's so determined to be a good vampire. Maybe he like split off the bad half of himself, kind of like like Angel from Buffy and Angel or something like that. But instead, he locked him away in the mirror where he can't do harm or real harm or something and i don't know yeah you know ralph is so weird it's just so weird it is really weird he's just a weird vampire he can't stand blood i can't Uh, i can't even stand the sight of it guys he wears a retainer yeah still (laughs) let's let's you know the so many vampire rules are out the window in this movie like you can't go out in the daylight he just holds up a bottle of sunscreen yeah i can oh okay yeah, he but go, like he if, goes out in the daylight. Let's say, let's say he can grow like a normal human being after centuries of wearing this fucking retainer. Don't you think he'd be fixed by now? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So at first, in the beginning of this movie, I thought maybe that people knew vampires existed mm. and they were okay with it. Yeah, because, because he's at that bar with his friend and the bartender, and I don't even understand how he was, why he was in this movie, but. Blues. See, I thought maybe they could have been vampires too, but they never let you know. Yeah, but um, a pretty famous and legendary blues musician, Bo Diddley, was in this movie. I don't know why. <laughs> he At one point, he's wearing spandex and dancing. I was just like, this is really crazy. But, so he's at the bar with them, and I thought maybe the same thing. Like, maybe they're vampires, but they never said if they were or weren't or anything, so I really don't know. See, I don't think people could have known about vampires or else Mona wouldn't have reacted like Exactly. So, but for for a while, I thought maybe everybody just knew vampires existed. Because his teeth were pretty obvious. Yeah, well, she just... Like, I don't know how she didn't say something about them before he brought it up. And she's like, well, there was a girl in my class who had teeth like that, too, and... It's fine, you're just weird, but you should really have them filed down, because it's creepy. <laughs> yeah. So at that, that point was when I realized, okay, I guess vampires, like, Although, people don't he goes know out Early exist. in the movie, he goes out, and apparently the Red Cross van shows up, like the milkman. Yeah. He puts out his blood bottles for the blood man. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, oh, I Somebody forget- has to know something, but apparently I, they didn't give a fuck to suck And I forgot to, to mention that... Ralph, the main character in uh, Rockula himself, is played by Dean Cameron, who was in a lot of movies in the 80s, uh, most notably Summer School, is what I always remembered him from, a movie with Mark Harmon and Kirstie Alley. Also, he was in Ski School 1 and 2, and he was in Men at Work, a movie with Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez. Oh my god, yes! Yeah, that's, that's, oh, I love that that's movie. basically what I remember him from, and apparently he... It, oh, that is right! He was in American Horror Story Asylum this season. Reporter number two in the Spilt Milk episode, which was the second to last episode of the season. <laughs> okay. He was Reporter one of the, number two. He was one of the reporters. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's pretty wild. And he's, I mean, he's done some work since then. He was in Judy Moody in the Not-So-Bummer Summer. <laughs> uh, not, not much since then. 
really, but I always remember him from Ski School I had seen here and there, and but mainly I I remember him from Summer School. He played Chain the character Chainsaw. Apparently he also played there was a Fast Times at Ridgemont High TV show. Huh. Only lasted seven episodes oh, or something, go. but he played Jeff Spicoli. He played Sean Penn's character. <laughs> kind of uh, weird there. And it also says he was on a show called They Came From Outer Space that lasted from 1990 to 1991. Oh, too bad he didn't make it to Homeboys in Outer Space. Oh, jeez. Wasn't Kevin Michael Richardson on that show? Uh, I don't know. I, I never really, watched it. I really feel like he was. For some reason, I remember seeing something about it. I remember him being on there. But anyways, yeah, Dean Cameron... Pretty recognizable face in the 80s, especially if you've seen Summer School and the Ski School movies, which are, they were popular in 80s, 90s, late 80s comedies. Anyways, yeah, he, I, the thing with the with the reincarnation thing, I just, I just, why does, has he just not done it already? If you're going to complain about it this much for this many years... I thought they said that he had been trying to save her, no, or at he least said trying that, to be with her, and then something always happened. Yeah, he, she always dies, because he always chickens out, and he doesn't want to save her. So, was it has it been his mom forever, forever pampering with it, like she does in this one? Or is he just a pussy that he just can't g- go through with it? Well, they said initially she was the, the girlfriend of some pirate, and then he stole her away from him. Yeah, the first time. And then time. the pirate did, so I don't know, maybe it, it started off as something else, and then she just decided to keep it going. Yeah. I probably just... should have added that was a spoiler, but his mom was behind the repeated <laughs> murders of his girlfriend every 22 years for the past three centuries. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's why, but, like, why didn't he just go through with it the first time, like, do this, like, the second time or something? Why did he keep, like, just letting her get murdered so many times? Why did it take until 1990 for her to, uh, for him to muster up the courage? You know, it was just uh, that, just that, that 90s, like, it was just that 90s fire inside of him. Well, it came out in 1990, but this movie's very much 80s, oh, yeah. so I'd say 80s fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a very similar vein of, uh, Roadhouse is a movie that came out in, like, 89 or 90, but the movie is so 80s. It's, it's like, an all-encompassing 80s movie. But, uh, apparently this... Poor Basser just couldn't find his balls until now. 14.5 times. That's how many times he said he's tried. Yeah, but then in the graveyard, he tells her it's her 19th lifetime. I don't think they even bothered to get their math straight. (laughs) However, however, this movie came out in 1990. Assuming the cycle continues in some form or another, last year, 2012, would have been the next time. (laughs) Or perhaps it's when Stanley wakes up and we could have Rockula 2012, Stanley (laughs) Rises. Oh, man. A Rockula sequel in 2012 would have been absolutely insane and excellent. So, okay, another weird thing. What was with Mona's friend? Who was in the band with her? Or I don't know. Band? She didn't have as that big of a part. I kind of almost didn't notice She her. had, like, a little, like, they, sn- like snarky Ralph lines a, here and there. Ralph had a friend who had, like short blonde hair that looked like it was a wig and she would sometimes wear dark sunglasses and then Mona's friend had short dark hair that looked like a wig and would wear dark sunglasses. So I got the two confused. <laughs> At one point I thought they were the same person and after re-watching parts they're like, oh, I guess they're different people, but it doesn't really matter because they don't do much. She has a couple shitty lines throughout the movie, like at the end she sees what happens and she says what, uh, Yowza, what happened here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she had her own performance. Oh, right. She did. With little kid singers, and that was weird. 
<laughs> that really. Well, you know what? It was out. because Mona was supposed to be there, and then she wasn't. So they had her start off doing the. Because she was the background then, singer for the other song that yeah, Mona had sang. But then Mona came back, and she took over she, partway she, through. Her friend almost looked like um, Velma from Scooby Doo. Oh, oh, god! She looked had that like the the short hair, the glasses. Yeah, the, she, like she didn't a, have the freckles, and she didn't dress all frumpy, but like a goth, goth, like like a new wave goth version. Yeah, of Yeah, she kind of reminded me of um, one of the singers from eighties pop group Expose. Plus jinkies going on. So and then you know what else was weird? Stanley, he had those like Asian helpers. Oh yeah, it, that was he starts weird. off apparently because I thought he was in the music business. So did I. But he seems to be running this like a uh, funeral. funeral supply store. It's uh, Stanley's Death Park, where we take the death out of dying. <laughs> yeah. How about going Dutch in our eternal economy model? <laughs> and then like he he plays this ridiculous commercial for like this Asian guy who I'm assuming is some kind of investor or something looking to get with him. And he has these two Asian goons in orange jumpsuits. Maybe he just <laughs> broke them out in prison. I don't know. Why didn't he use these goons later in the movie when it would have made sense? Who knows? But they play the stupid commercial of his and then they uh they cut it off and then they just stoically clap four times real quick then fold their arms like <laughs> okay. <laughs> but then even better after they, they premiere the music video that we thought was just like a musical song, Stanley's like, wait, I've got my own thing. And he has more advertisements for his wares. He's like, um... Yeah, the cry... He he's, in a, he's in a cemetery. He's got some creepy-looking woman in white just pacing around in the background. He's just like, um, uh... Hello, friends. Well, we'd like to take some of the, the sting out of, uh... Or, our holistic stress-free approach to the passing on process. He's like, uh, oh, did you forget to bring flowers to your loved one's grave? He's got this giant oversized tombstone for just 50 cents. He put 50 cents into a tombstone. <laughs> we'll provide you some temporary pop-up flowers <laughs> to leave a nice scent. He's like, do you miss the nagging voice of your loved one? Well, with our recorder tombstone, you could hear it over and over again, and he plays this reel. Harold, have you been drinking again? Was it you that left the toilet seat up? My mother was right, and it cuts off, and he gets this hillbilly guy to testify. Yeah, my wife's been dead for how many years, but thanks to you, I still get to hear her nagging voice. He's like, better than a wool hair coat and a crown of thorns. <laughs> He's like, I uh, want to... Want to keep your your loved ones? I don't know. Uh, and it was, a, a, he's like, there was try the try the Rotary six hundred. It keeps your loved ones turning over in their grave. And he's just got this rotating coffin, and you hear something bouncing around inside. Like, oh no, why is this a thing? And then he has the cryogenic thing because yeah. he gets the idea from the mom about. Well, she doesn't necessarily say freeze anybody, but she wants him to kill Amona so he can have her forever. So he's like, oh, I can cryogenically freeze her, and then he's like. Oh, you could. It's almost like Demolition Man, where they learn stuff while they're crying. Well, that's frozen. his idea. I don't know if it'll work or not, but yeah, he's like, try our our subliminal self help tapes or our affirmation. Get some golf tips and uh, learn learn a new language while you're waiting to be awoken from your everlasting sleep. It, 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 Seriously reminded me of Demolition Man. And he goes, did you die a smoker? Quit while you're dead! <laughs> <laughs> One one thing that was obviously big in this movie was the music. 
we talked about that before. And right off the bat, the song in the beginning I liked a lot in the opening credits with animated intro. It was like, you know I just want to rock, rock you, you love. Rock you. You know I just want to rock you, love. <laughs> oh, my God. But, like, uh, we we forgot to mention that um, you don't know that it's Ralph's mom who's behind this, but Stanley finds out that he's losing Mona to Ralph, and he's pissed, so he decides to go to a French psychic yeah. for advice on what to do. And she tells him, oh, yes, you have to kill Mona, but you have to do it on Halloween night while dressed as a pirate with a rhinestone peg leg and kill her with a giant ham bone. He's just like, oh, my psychic told me to murder my girlfriend. Okay, sure. <laughs> well, my psychic told me to. Yeah. It must be true. Yeah, exactly. Like, he Don't just... arrest me, officer. I'm just doing what my psychic told me to do. And the, yeah, and, so, and there's multiple songs. Like uh, the one, the first big one is Mona's music video dream, or no, her at the club. Was it her at the club or her at the in the music video? The music video dream first, right? No, no, she was in the club first when he first sees her perform and then gets her attention. Then they go on their first date or whatever. Uh, no, it's a music video dream I have first, actually. Oh, it... When she's, it's, uh, she's singing and he's, like, trapped in that thing. Right, like, right, no, no he's, like, it. he's, like, tied to the mast or something, and then a reporter chick's like, uh, is it true that you refuse to do anything to save the love of your life? And then... Like, she's getting attacked by people dressed as pirates, yeah, and then she's, she's like, just like, no! And they drop a fake pig on her head, and that's yeah, when he wakes yeah. up. Yeah, literally a pig. The thing is, though, I don't know, understand where he is at that in the dream. I guess it's a dream, so it really doesn't matter. It was kind of weird. The song was like, uh, Chains of My Heart. That was like the name of it. It had to be the name of the song, because it was definitely the chorus. And then, at one point, uh, pirates showed up, but then this other guy started kissing her. And he did, wasn't dressed as a pirate. Hmm. And then I was like, who is kissing her? I guess it's a dream, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah, but then the pig falls on her, and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I guess I get because a ham bone he gets or kills her with a ham bone. But yeah, that was just really, really bizarre. I, I still, I, I, oh God, Mere Ralph. Just, that's just, it's all over my papers. It's all over everywhere. It's Mere Ralph. Because I just don't get it. Okay, so at one point he goes to fly. In the daylight. And he's like, oh, 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 or whatever like that. And then well, he supposedly he, he could turn into a bat, but he hasn't bothered to practice it at all, so he sucks and he turns into this creepy little midget bat puppet thing. Oh, yeah, that was super weird. It's it like, I get like you... a bat, like, the size of a bat. It was, like, the size of, like, a small child. Yeah. Like, I get you don't want to be a bad vampire, that's fine, but why would you not work at turning into a bat so that you can fly? I'd love to fly, even if it's only in bat form. Yeah, and he goes out looking for Mona at one point, and he's wearing sunglasses as he leaves. So I kind of got that, like, okay, that's their way of saying he can go out in sunlight, he's wearing sunglasses. Literally, literally 15 seconds later, he's not wearing sunglasses anymore. And he does it for the rest of the time he's searching for Mona. They're playing, like, the Hey Mona song. He doesn't wear sunglasses again. So I was like, okay, I thought that was going to be, like, a thing. Like, that's part of why he can walk around in the sunlight. They just, they just, they drop all, like, vampire cliches in this movie. The mirror, the sunlight. I don't even know why they bother calling him a vampire, because he doesn't really do anything. Not even his mom, really, actually. You never see her feet on anybody, or... Yeah, just just to call him Rockula, I guess. Because if he was just immortal, he could, what was he? He just be like a his, Highlander. Their first song as Rockula is him just basically singing about what a pussy, faggoty vampire he is. <laughs> it's just like, my God, really? And 
Her band name ends up being just Mona. <laughs> well, like, that, and was, that was a thing, like single name pop yeah, stars, especially ex- in the eighties. Yeah, exactly. But why didn't he just ask anybody about a girl in a band called Mona? I'm sure somebody would have been like, "Oh yeah, there's that girl. Her band is called Mona." Instead of looking through all these flyers, well, and considering going all over some the of the place. people he talked to were like scary bikers and shit, like metalheads, like they'd probably be like, "Oh, we don't, we don't listen to that." Baggity shit. Yeah, and she really wasn't a rock star or in a band. She was more of a pop star than anything. She sang at that club with the bars all over with her, which had people climbing up them and stuff. <laughs> it was really, really bizarre. It was just really, really weird. And at one, multiple points, she kind of almost forgot to start singing. Oh, yeah. At one point, too, she gets interrupted and... um the song's still going, so I was like, oh, Mona was just lip-syncing the whole time. Well, her Bullshit. friend's singing in the back is the background, but there's multiple parts where it's supposed to be her clearly singing, and she stops, or she almost forgets to start. <laughs> like, she, like, doesn't sing, like, the first word in the, in the in the lyric, and then does the rest. Thanks for the second take, guys. We didn't need it. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, though, I didn't know if there was going to be any nudity in this movie, and I was hoping there might have been some just with Mona. Just because she was pretty hot. Uh, but I, I had feared, also when I thought about this, if we had watched The Granny and there was supposed to be a lot of nudity in it, and not that I really need the nudity, but I was afraid of them cutting scenes because YouTube doesn't allow nudity necessarily. Mm. So maybe that's why I got taken down. No, because I, I went to our link that we put up on our page, and it said, uh, this user's account has been terminated due to... Multiple copyright violations and dirt or dirt. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, boy. That doesn't uh, mean so, it's a bad thing. Obviously, no. he just put up a movie that you couldn't get any other way. Maybe he did that with several unavailable movies, and then they got all pissy and buttered about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, there was no nudity in this movie, if, and if there was, it was definitely was cut out or something. I, uh, I, just, I don't I think did, it would have fit, even if there had Yeah, been. I just didn't know if there was going to be in the... It made me think about the granny, though. Like, oh, it would, would we had, a, had blurred scenes or just completely cut parts out because of that? Uh, I just don't know. But, okay, one other weird part, we were talking about the club. Uh, Mona and Ralph, they, he, this is when he decides he's actually going to go for her. They're talking. He mentions he's in a band that he doesn't know what kind of music it is. Like he he's obviously the name just of bullshitting it. his ass off, and she just still buys it. Oh, okay. Yeah, she doesn't know the name of it. She doesn't know anything about it. But then he, her weird boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, manager, Death Park guy comes up and is like, "Who is this?" Like, and then they go away. And she's like, "I'll see you later." And the club manager comes up. Flicks his nose and it makes like a boing noise, yeah. and he goes bounce him, and then he gets thrown out of the club with cartoony sound effects. But I don't understand. He gets thrown like ten feet in the air. I don't even understand why he was thrown out of the club. Because he was there. Because it's L.A. and it's full of yup ass pricks, basically. But literally a week later, he goes oh. back to the same club to perform for his own with his own band. They're not very smart or attentive, yup ass pricks. <laughs> So, but yeah, he comes in and does his one song, and then instantly he just gets right off the stage, goes backstage. There's a whole crowd of people who are just like, "Oh yeah, man, fuck yeah, that was great." And then there's this 
this midget woman on a rascal scooter who's like hitting on him and one guy goes i want my six dollars back yes yes <laughs> yes that was my that was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie it was so little but he put on this okay so he wants to start his own band which that scene is just insane by itself where he's like he goes back to They're his... almost playing like the beat from the Fresh Prince theme they while are. they're trying to put it together. They really are. And it's weird because I saw that um, Dean uh, Cameron was on some episodes of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. But yeah, it's like boom. And this is like the montage music. Yeah. You think a movie like this that had a lot of songs in it, there would have been like a montage song. Yeah, as they're doing exactly. the band thing. But the one time where you'd think there'd be a song... No, there wasn't completely unnecessary, sir. <laughs> Don't try to denigrate my art with your preconceived notions of where songs should go. <laughs> yeah. But his second song, I love it. He, he comes out and says, oh, we're a band, we're called Rockula. What do they do for their second song? Oh, a rap. shitty rap song. A really shitty, like, white-ass white boy rap song. Yeah. And he's dressed like... Like over the top flavor of flame, oh, yeah, like clock. ridiculous shit with a, a giant gold record on a chain, and yeah. and what is he? Oh fuck! Oh, I got some written down, but hold on, real quick. It was so weird when they did the making the band thing because, like, he's like he went to his back to his bar where his friends hang out, and he's friends with a bartender and whatever, and who knows if they're vampires or not. But they all start dressing up in different like band outfits, like oh mariachis and all this stuff. So I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like, why are these people dressing up with him? Like, clearly, okay, Bo Diddley, he's the guitar player at the at the bar, so clearly he can play an instrument. Makes sense why he would be there. The other two, his friend and the bartender, not sure why they're dressing up. I guess it's kind of a goofy gag at this point. That's what I'm thinking. But then he gets a gig at the Health Club or whatever it was called. Well, well, for one, Stanley and Mona and them, they pull up in, like, the Dr- Dragula Monstermobile <laughs> for whatever reasons. <laughs> I thought that was going to be Rockula, but it, no, it was Stanley. So he gets a gig and forms an actual band in less than a day. <laughs> it's, like, at night, and then he gets the gig. The next day, he gives, he slips her the thing for the band at the, the Hell Club or whatever it was called. Club, uh, Club Hell. That's what it was. So, yeah, and then he has that back guitar. Oh, yeah. Which was... See, because he was saying, oh, I'm a musician, but they only show him playing a keyboard. Like, okay, he could do that, but now suddenly he's a guitarist. Yeah. And <laughs> and the woman is a drummer mm-hmm. now, the bartender, and his friend is the bass player. <laughs> like, how, like, there was no notion that these people were musicians whatsoever at all. I was like, maybe maybe he'll say, oh, it was vampire magic he used. Maybe he used his vampire hypnosis. You are musicians. You know how to play. Yeah. Yes, sir. Exactly. So, I don't know. So, and then, it's the first ever, first time this band's ever been seen by anybody, anything. People are climbing up on stage. Like, as if it was the Beatles or something. <laughs> it's it's so absolutely insane. So he, uh, yeah, and, he, and I guess he just wrote this one song overnight, and then he just has one song. I go, I go, I wrote down, I hope he has more songs prepared for the whole gig. Oh, wait, nope, just the one song. Yeah, and then the one guy wanted his money back. But there was literally tennis players, businessmen, punk rockers, <laughs> a fat midget, and a princess <laughs> all in line to congratulating him. God bless the 80s. And then I love the beginning of his rap song for this this uh, pussy guy who's never gotten laid in centuries. He's, 
He starts off, there was this girl named Nina. She wanted my wiener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they've got I had two, that written down, two actually, goofy yeah. voices in the background, one real deep in her, and another one all neutered sounding like, and like, cool, he's the, D- er, he's the DJ. I'm the vampire. Like, what? So, so you're a vampire? You're a vampire? Oh, what? So you're just a vampire? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And at the end, when they finish their performance, they all get bukkake'd by Silly String from the audience, who is apparently all set for this. <laughs> yeah. And what was weird is, this is more confusion of that vamp- people are cool vampires, people aren't, or are his, friend van- are his friends also vampires? Because his friends know he's a vampire. They know about the legend, they know he's a vampire, and they're cool with it. But she doesn't believe in it. Nimona doesn't. Mm. It's just so... It's like... So some people do know and they're cool with it. Other people don't believe it. It's like... Oh, it's like... Oh, Asians. I don't know. I don't believe that they exist. But some, <laughs> some people accept that they exist. You and your fucking fairy tales about Asians and their karate and math skills and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's almost like that's like that's like that. Like oh, like some people were just fine and had no problems. Other people were like that doesn't happen. That's not real. I don't believe in Asians. <laughs> you fucking cryptozoologist. You're never gonna find one of those one of those Asian types. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. As, as much as I did love this movie and how absolutely bad it is in many parts, and that's what's so great about it, though, there was a scene where they were, he was talking to the mere Ralph, and they were doing this goofy thing, and I thought that was a little too long, a little too goofy. I mean, the movie was goofy, but that part kind of said it, it was, it was just almost them, it was like, they had to fill time, so it was just them going, like, in the mirror to each other. And it went on for way too long. Even if it was only 30 seconds long, it probably should only happen for about two seconds and then move down from that point. I felt that was, like, one of the only things that was really unnecessary in the whole movie. Other than that, I I mean, I really enjoyed the movie. But, yeah, the ma, the, um... Oh, the mom spoils to Stanley. Not only does she tell him to kill Mona, she tells him that Ralph is a vampire, and so he goes all out over the top in his ridiculous 80s suit. He's got a giant garlic necklace, and he... And a cross, which apparently more vampire-like things that you think would would bother a vampire. He pulls a cross on him, he doesn't even flinch, he just takes it and looks at it and says, Oh, it's uh, 17th or 18th century, right? No, 19th century. Well, anyway... But like I, he like keeps making all these terrible puns. He's like, uh, "Oh, he like my garlic necklace." Let's just say I have a stake in what happens. You, I think, I really think your music's gonna take off like a bat out of hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what we forgot to mention before too with the Rapula thing. When Mona shows up at the show, the Rapula one, how is she just accepting? Like she just understands that this is a different band now. Because they're not Rockula anymore. He says they're now Rapula. Like, okay, this is just cool. We're just changed. And I didn't know if he was trying to well, be somebody else or what. I considering just, she's just a pop star and you just do whatever's yeah, popular to get over. Like, oh, he's got a pop band. They're going to do whatever, too. Okay. Oh, and we also forgot to mention, I I just thought, I just saw this in that part. His mom shows up and she's like, oh, oh I don't know where she wasn't even supposed to be there. She shows up to which, you know, you just think she's being a creeper at first. And then instead it was, oh, no, I got to get a beat on this girl so I can make sure I get her killed. But she pops up and 
basically like forcibly invites her over to dinner the next but day she or goes, something. She goes, uh, the part I want to mention was that she's like, oh, I gotta get going. Pistol yeah. range night. Yeah, it's, and it's he, ladies night at the pistol range. Yeah, and he's like, does anybody go bowling anymore? Yeah, but she just pulls a gun in front of them all too. And nobody has a problem with her pulling a gun in a club. <laughs> like I said, God bless the 80s. <laughs> yeah, okay, and you mentioned the dinner. When he goes over, when they go over there for dinner after the music video premiere and stuff. Well, which was marred by Stanley's stupid um, cemetery video. Yeah. And finally, I forgot to mention when he's showing off the cryogenic tube, the creepy woman in white has a kid show up and they just start fighting. They start beating the hell out of each other in the background. <laughs> that was amazing. So, but she's all mad because no. Stanley ruined her video premiere, and it's like, oh, come on, we got to go to dinner at my mom's, and then it just gets super weird. It gets super weird because the mom at this point is giving away like everything, like about Stanley, about this and that. She's making up, or oh, she's spouting all this bullshit about, oh, yeah, we used to live in France. Oh, when was that? Oh, the seventeen hundreds, and we knew Napoleon, and we knew you when you were a princess. Oh, your dad was so great, and she's just like. But she's, like, laughing it off, like, ha-ha, okay, whatever, your mom's silly. Yeah, and apparently her mom has a new boyfriend, Boom Boom Williams, which is, like, this massive pro-wrestler dude. He's wearing a kilt with, like, a silver sequin tank top with a black fur neckline and a nasty handlebar mustache, head completely shaved. But you don't even know this, he just goes... So, Mom, what's for dinner? He just pops out and goes, meat and potatoes, who's asking? I think that was one of my favorite parts in the whole movie. What's for dinner? Meat and potatoes, who's asking? And then he introduces the mom, which at this point, this is another total what-the-fuck moment. Because, oh, God. Or, it's, they're day the dinner, and then they're, Mona and Ralph are sitting in chairs, and all of a sudden, Boom Boom comes out, and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Phoebe. Okay, I didn't know who Miss Phoebe was at this point because I didn't know yeah, that was his mom's name. I think it's name. the only time they mentioned that that's her name. Yeah, so I'm like, so instantly I'm just like, who the fuck is Miss Phoebe? And then this, this person comes out, which I can't even really tell it's the mom right away, and is just dancing, and I'm like... She just does this whole, like, seductive, almost, like, strip kind of song. Yeah, and it's... But at first she's just dancing, and I'm just like, why is this performance happening? And, and then she's she starts like, singing, and I'm like, what? And she's getting right in Mona's face with it, almost like she's going to get some hot lesbian action going yeah. on. It's really creepy. But, like, the song, it's, like, it's so so horrible and out of place, but, like, I love <laughs> it. I love it. At the same time, the it, chorus is just like, As the shadows fall and the daylight slips away into the night, a night that lasts forever, a night that is your friend, a friend of pain and pleasure, and when the night you hear it calling, calling out your name, you will never, ever be the same. <laughs> It's super weird. And you mentioned the, how out of place it is. There's a review on IMDb, and the person says, this, is, this movie is the only musical where all the songs are sung in context where they wouldn't seem weird in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the exact opposite. You know I, what? I don't know if... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a serious tip from this movie, and if I ever have a daughter who's dating a scumbag sack of shit I don't want her with, I'm going to invite him over, and I'm going to do a Phoebe song right in his <laughs> face and be stripping and seductive and creepy about it the whole time. Yeah, and then he said, the same, the same person says, they all take place as background music or performances and videos and concerts. 
None of that. The whole world has the same choreographer crap from other musicals. <laughs> yes, it totally does. <laughs> Especially with the, the mom's performance. Because it's absolutely out of nowhere. Well, it she's makes only, no sense. She's the only one dancing in that. I could see her like preparing this thing ahead of time. But like, why didn't she prepare it? Because she's weird, Corey. She's murdered this girl 20-some times already. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, the person's just like, this is a pretty entertaining love story with a good soundtrack. I do. Uh, I noticed they had all the song credits, but it didn't mention anything about a soundtrack. I forgot to look. If there isn't one, there should be one because oh, yeah. I want all of these songs on my iPod, on my computer. You should uh, hit up La La Land Records about <laughs> on their yes. Facebook page yes. about getting a uh, Rockula soundtrack going because they, they might be all about something like that. Who knows? Okay, I when the mom goes to hand give Stanley all this stuff, she gives him like the rhinestone peg leg. It literally looked like a rhinestone dildo. Oh yeah, it totally a, looked like I thought. It's wonder he's on the phone. He's like he's trying to get this thing. I don't know why he waited so long to get it. He's like, no, I already have the costume. I just need a rhinestone peg leg. And then he passes Ralph. With the getup on and the rhinestone peg leg, and Ralph just like, oh yeah. hey, what's how's it going? Like, how do you not put two like, and two together? Here? He did. He called him. He called him on it. He's like, uh, Stanley, is that a ham bone? It, it ain't chopped liver. Or wait, no. He's like, uh, wait, uh, what's the matter? Too cooked for you, Mister Vampire? And he goes, uh, don't forget your peg leg, Stanley. And then Stanley goes <laughs> at him like, who's the vampire now? <laughs> <laughs> So he tries to walk around with his peg leg. He tries to put it on in the bathroom. He can't even walk. He just falls over, which is amazing. So instead, he just decides to carry it with him for the rest of the movie. And, that, and that's all going on at the at the one performance by her, Mona's friend, who is, the song is so weird. It was like, woo, woo, we are the United States of the beat. <laughs> yeah, that was literally the whole song. It was just about the United States and of the beef. The way she was singing, I could have sworn she said we are the United States of beef, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, are there going to be cows in this too?" <laughs> I thought the same thing at first about the beef thing, but then I realized they were saying beef. And then when Stanley, when Stanley kidnaps Mona, Mona could easily have taken Stanley and run away from him. She doesn't tie oh, yeah. her up. He, she's free to do whatever she wants. She's even like sitting there, like yelling, "Ralph, Ralph!" and fl like flailing, sitting on the ground. Like she could have ran away. She could have easily taken the guy. I feel like it just maybe she has as little motivation to save herself as Stanley's had to save her. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like the the final battle or whatever you want to say. It wasn't much. It wasn't anything. Oh, it was so shitty. It was so shittily choreographed that it was wonderful. It's like seriously. At one point. Stanley goes to block. He gets down and like holds his uh the peg leg up. He's fighting St or Ralph is fighting with the fake peg leg. Stanley's fighting with the ham bone. Ralph goes to block Stanley. He like kneels down, holds up the peg leg. Then Stanley sees him like that and goes, "Oh, I guess I'm supposed to bring the ham bone down now." Ah, oh. <laughs> it's so shitty. <laughs> and then they're like. They're, like, hiding behind this giant stack of boxes, and they're basically arguing with each other. It comes down to, is not, is two, is not, is two. Yeah, and he has a, when he gets thrown in the cryo and chamber. I don't know why he had a cryo tube there. It was so Because he was going to freeze her. I know, but, like... And that's not even murdering her. That's just freezing her. Well, he, he told uh, the psychic Madame Benoit 
that uh, you could kill her. He's like, oh, I could freeze her cryogenically. I could stuff and mount her. Like, yeah. oh, God. So I guess he's going to kill her and then cryogenically freeze her? And just so he can have her body preserved? Or maybe do gut. I don't know. I don't know. It's just too weird. Or but get basically... In there, get in there with her and fuck her brains out But basically, Stanley's... Ab- or Ralph's about to lose because he's such a pussy. And he's like, all right, I didn't want to have to do this. And he turns into the creepy bat midget thing. So it's <laughs> Stanley backs up in fear, but then, like, can't even, like, back up into the thing, right? So, like, he basically backs up to the cryotube, looks back at it, then purposely falls into it, and then, oh, no, the lid's closing, I won't try to stop it. Oh, no, I'm still alive in here, even though the freezing hasn't started yet, but they start up my subliminal thing, and I just relax and let myself be frozen, and that's it. Yeah, and then the thing is, like, your nine iron is an extension of your penis. Yes. And Stanley's mom comes in. I really thought she would have joined the fight, like, against him, but she just hears him say, I'm like, so sorry. I was such a pussy, and the only one that believed in me was my mom. And she's like, I'm sorry, this was all my fault. And he goes in the flattest tone ever, Mom, you were behind this the whole time. <sighs> okay. Guess you haven't found your balls, son, because I would not be okay with my mom murdering my girlfriend yeah. 20 times over. And yeah. he's like, he just, Mona hears this too and knows what happened, even if she can't remember it. He's just like, I'm sorry, do you forgive me? Like, of course we forgive you, Mom. <laughs> yeah, so... But I love, she took a club from the ham bone from Stanley to try to protect Ralph, and he goes, that was my mother you just boned. <laughs> <laughs> Line of the movie. <laughs> yeah. The And then the end... It's all happy-go-lucky, you know, Ralph and Mona together, everyone's happy for him. And then it literally cuts back to Mere Ralph. Who's still stuck in the mirror for some reason. You seem to be able to travel around before, but not now. He's stuck in the mirror that was in the dressing room. But then it goes from the dressing room side and just the mirror to the mirror side. So then I'm like, okay, maybe this is a parallel world. But he can't open the door to the room, he's just stuck in this room... And then he gets so frustrated, he throws a garbage can through the mirror, and then I'm like, holy shit, this is a (laughs) parallel world. He goes through, brings women with him. He comes out dressed as Elvis with a harem of black chicks. Yeah. (laughs) And then he goes on stage, and he keeps saying the king is back. Was he Elvis inside there? I don't get it! The ending! <laughs> and then he just comes out and performs a song out of nowhere, despite not having a band of his own. People he, he start playing band, for him. He, he doesn't had, He doesn't the, have a slot. It's but, the Rockula band. I know, but, like, they're not his band. Why no, would I they know? know? What, uh, so now, are there two Ralphs? I guess so. I, I just don't... <laughs> the ending blew my fucking mind. Rockula 2012, Mirror Ralph's Revenge. Yeah, because I don't get it. And then he kept saying, the king is back. So was he Elvis trapped in the mirror, and that's where Elvis has been all these years? He really wasn't dead? don't think about it that much. I just think he was going for an Elvis impersonator thing. Yeah, and then with the women, I just don't get... I I guess it was a parallel universe, and it wasn't a split personality, because now they both exist in the same universe... I don't know. I was super I, lost. I would I was, still like to know what was up with that, but yeah. it's funnier that we don't. Yeah, yeah, really. And and then it just ends. He sings a song, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, he does a song through most of the credits, and then they just play the last little bit of the credits, and that's it. Yeah, and it just it just ended. It it was it was 
it wasn't even like a here we go again thing. It just <laughs> ended. It just happened. It just like I don't know. It was just so bizarre. It could be a here we go again thing, Corey, because now Mirror Elf started his music career. <laughs> here we go again. Oh, maybe it is a here we go again if he is actually Elvis. Starting Elvis's career back up. Here we go again. Now, there's one other little thing I liked. When Mona shows up, when her band's getting out, she seems like she's going to be there to play, but she doesn't. Just hangs out backstage, but she's helping them unload, and one of the guys drops something. He goes to pick it up for him, and he goes in, like, the weirdest voice ever. Oh, thanks. Just one of those days, you know. Ralph was like, I'm Mona, I'm a vampire. And she's like, yeah, I'm the bride of Frankenstein. She's like, he's like, no, seriously, Mona, it's the truth. I'm not a bad, I'm not a bad vampire. I am a bad vampire, but yeah. not very good at it. I don't bite people, but I am a vampire. And that perfectly explains why do they even need to be vampires. I know. Like, that line alone, perfectly. I don't bite people. I don't get hurt by garlic or crosses or sunlight as long as I wear sunblock. I don't have to feed on people, really, because I have the blood man giving me blood bottles every day, but... Yeah, and then he says something about, uh, if it wasn't for the Red Cross donations, this vampire would die. Yeah. He says how much he hates blood. Like, I just don't even, I didn't even he, get he just, that. He's just a self-hating vampire, Corey. Like, what's his name that, uh, they just tracked down, you know, apparently he was a self-hating black guy, and that's why he was a psycho ex-cop and murdering people. But, uh, yeah, it said, uh, if it wasn't for Red Cross donations, this vampire would die. And he mentions in that song, too, living at home with mom for 300 years. Like, oh, you're such a rock star. And I also like that Stanley, who at one point, he, I forgot to mention, he's talking about his own record labels. Oh, yeah. Morgue Music, Death Records, or maybe just R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, sort of catchy, don't you think? Oh, I really want a Stanley movie. I really do. <laughs> yeah, that was... And that character was just weird. Like, and that's what I mean. He says, talking about record labels. I thought he was a manager, a music manager or something. Maybe of that he's sort. just, he's a greedy 80s guy and he just wants his fingers and as many pies as he can. So, like, I have my death emporium. I'm trying to run Mona's career. And I'm going to have my own record label where I can sign other people, get into their business as well. Yeah, I mean, who knows what was going on with that character? It was a very, very. Interesting and weird. Uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Uh, we were a little I was a little hesitant just because I was like, oh, what the fuck, you know, <laughs> YouTube in parts, like even nine parts, even more than Granny was. Like, but it ended up being such an amazing movie. I'm really really glad we watched it. It was just it was absolutely hilarious. It, it definitely lived up to any expectations I had had before from <laughs> right when I first wrote it down, and it's just. It's sad that it doesn't have a DVD release because I honestly wouldn't even mind owning this movie because it's just this it's, movie and the soundtrack. Yeah, it's, it's just, like Mac and me. <laughs> yeah, it's just absolutely really insane. Truly, the ending and then the mute, the random singing parts were just what the fuck worthy enough where it just blew my mind. This is a new favorite though, that's for sure. Oh yeah, that's definitely for sure. It's definitely up there in some of the movies we've watched. So uh, next week. We are going to watch the 2012 film Creep Van. I saw this pop up on Netflix recently. It seems to be a newer movie, a newer indie movie. I know you can follow them on Twitter and stuff at Creep Van, and there's a Facebook page and stuff like that. So definitely look this movie up and give this movie some love. I mean, we try to do that every now and then with these, some of these B movies that are newer, like FDR American Badass, and especially this Creep Van. It's about a guy 
says, Campbell buys a used van unaware that its mysterious owner has been torturing and killing victims with a host of elaborate booby traps. <laughs> well, considering how many girls they show getting cut up in here, I guess they are booby traps. <laughs> truly, <laughs> truly booby traps. I like how I typed in creep van, and the movie below it is Van Wilder, freshman year. <laughs> and then below that is Dawson's Creek. No! <laughs> Creep van. I guess Pacey's driving the creep van around, whatever their town was. <laughs> so, yeah, this was a B-Movie Breakdown for this week, episode 18. Uh, Rockula, I definitely recommend checking it out. It's on YouTube in parts. It's definitely worth it. It is absolutely hilarious, especially the part where they just break out in song. It was just so... Uh, my mind was just blown. I wanted to, like, link that to so many people. Just to, like cut it at that point in time where it happens, like right before it happens, then it happens. It's just, it's just so insane and so hilarious. But yeah, definitely check out Rockula. Couldn't recommend it anymore, especially if you're a fan of B movies and I guess musicals because it kind of is a musical at some points. So yeah, next week, Creep Van. It's on Netflix. It is from 2012, newer flick, and I'm pretty uh, pumped up for that one. Yes, I'm I'm quite looking forward to Creep Van too, and also if you can find it, Blood Car. I don't think it's on Netflix, <laughs> but we'll try to get to that eventually too. I saw it once five years ago or so, and it was it was pretty entertaining. Mm, yeah, Blood Car. Never was... wanted to find out what happened to Anna Klumsky from the My Girl movies. There you go. <laughs> she was uh, she's on Veep, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's show on oh. HBO. Okay. She hasn't been anything in a long time. It was kind of like a thing, like, oh, this is where she, you know, now she's in. Well, at least she didn't Veep. end up on Coke or dead in an alley somewhere. Like Macaulay Culkin's going to be? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> I really liked him in Saved. He looks pretty strung out these days. <laughs> seen a picture of him a, while, like, a few months back, and he looked pretty strung out. That is unfortunate. It looked like he was uh, making some meth somewhere in a trailer park or something. <laughs> that's, the kind of, that's the kind of vibe he was giving off. Well, I guess that'll be the Breaking Bad reboot then. <laughs> Reality show version of Breaking Bad. Macaulay Culkin and the guy that played Mr. Belding on Saves by the Bell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, for B-Movie Breakdown, you can find us at bnbpodcast.com and Twitter at bnbpodcast. And remember to subscribe on iTunes and uh, spread the word. For B-Movie Breakdown, I am Corey. I'm DRC. And did you die a smoker? Quit while you're dead! It's the best of the worst. Be movie breakdown at the best.